0: Alrighty, praise the Lord. Everyone, how's everyone doing? Let's just go ahead and worship God for a little bit. Mighty God, we love you. We, We exhort you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. You're the only God. Oh, there is none beside you. Come on, let's just worship him for a moment. Lord, oh, you have saved me. You have brought me out of darkness, God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Whew. Tell you what, I, I kind of feel a spirit of somberness, a little, little tiredness. Uh, it's even on me, and I just got to jump around and worship the Lord because he, he's worth doing it for. I love worshiping God. I love Reading His Word, I I love praising Him for what He has done for me and what He has done for all of mankind, what He has done for my family. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. So, today, we're going to just simply talk about a little bit of an identity thing, uh, an identity crisis that's happening within the church. uh, The cornerstone of God's nature right? And and that cornerstone is simply holiness. If we can get a grasp of holiness, we can get a grasp of the nature of God. We can get a grasp of how we are supposed to live our life. Through holiness is how we build character. It's how we build our integrity. It is how we live our lives. Uh, through the word of God, we see holiness used 611 times when it's referring to God and referring to God's people and referring to God's nation, holiness. Isaiah 43 and 15, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. You may be seated. I am the Lord, the only Lord. There is none beside him. He is the only one that has that created. He stretched forth the heavens all by himself. He is our God and it is that God that we worship and that we want to be like. Your holy one, meaning that there is only one standard of holiness. There are not two standards, there are not three standards. There is only one standard of holiness that we can follow. There is only one code that we can follow in order to obtain what god wants us to be in his holiness the only creator of israel and your king not kings nothing else it is one king this entire verse is solo it is all by itself it stands for one creator one holy one the only one that is righteous and he is our lord and our king whoo Praise God. It is easy to, if it was so easy to just plug into the power of holiness, everyone would be doing it. But the real issue with holiness is that it is hard when we have flesh around us, right? When we live in our humanity and our carnality, Living a holy lifestyle is something that we have to consecrate ourselves to, something that we have to separate ourselves for. Because if we don't and we live in this world and we, get absor- and we allow the world to saturate our lives, then we are probably not living a holy lifestyle And if it was so easy to just plug into the power of God, we would all just be doing it. The power of God is explicitly tied to his nature. You cannot separate the power of God from the nature of purity and holiness. They are inseparable. God is holy. Samson had a special covenant with God of separation, which gave him power and strength to fight all the enemies uh, in the nation. No one could defeat him. He killed... He killed thousands with the jawbone of a donkey. I mean, that must have been upsetting to the enemy, people who were trained in warfare. And, and they had no idea why they could not defeat one man of Israel. Because the power came from the separation that God had given Samson in his covenant. His strength to, to fight. And what separated Samson was his His ability to keep the covenant all the way to the point that he could not keep the covenant or he lost the covenant and then what did he lose? He lost all of his favor and power with God. Holiness brings power to your life. It plugs you in to the power of God. When we learn by scripture and by experience that people who are willing to separate themselves from the world for God's kingdom, we find them being able to tap into the power of God. Because in those people, they are prepared for what God is trying to do in their life. How God wants to operate in their life. When you see people who consecrate themselves. They separate themselves. If you look at the prophets of the Lord who, who, are, who are solely in love with God and listening for God and no matter what message they received because most of the messages from the prophets, they were unpopular. They went against what people were doing traditionally. And do you know what? When you, and a lot of times they went against the philosophy of kings. And, and when you went against the philosophy of a king, That puts you in harm's way, but it didn't matter because the prophet knew where his power came from. It came from the Lord and the holiness standard that was provided to them to be separate. When God says to be holy for I am holy, it is in respect to man taking on the character and the holiness of God. Peter 1.15 But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all manner of conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You shall be holy. Act according to the word of God for what I have laid in front of you. You shall be holy, for I am holy. How do we get into the holiness presence of God? How do I I understand what it means to be holy within my lifestyle? God God does not just expect us to revere in his holiness, but he expects us to take part in his holiness, which has been given to every single one of us today through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is how we start to engage in holiness, then getting into his word and reading and getting revelation through the word for what holiness stands for in our life. If we really want to get a hold of holiness, then we have to separate our time from this world and get into the presence of God, allow the Holy Spirit to operate in our life, to get into the Word of God and to understand and study the conduct of a Christian. If we don't study the conduct of a Christian and we don't study how to pray and we don't study how to connect to the one who is holy or who has power, then how could we ever expect ourselves to be powerful? When I became a paramedic, I had to connect myself to paramedics. I had to connect myself to doctors. I had to connect myself to nurses in order to understand fully how to become a paramedic. If I want to be a minister or I want to be a good witness or I want to be a good Christian. I have to connect myself to men of God who are living a holy lifestyle. I have to connect myself to prayer. I have to connect myself to the word. I can't just do it on my own or else I am going to fail miserably. You have to connect yourself to to people, you have to connect yourself to people who are living a separate and holy lifestyle, who are living in the Word of God, who understand and have revelation and are doing God's work in the kingdom. If you ever want to become holy or become the and have the character of Christ, you cannot do it by yourself. You, you, you we, we come into this world, and, and a lot of for some reason, in 2019, the, the isolationist approach has been becoming more and more prevalent within the church. You cannot isolate yourself out of the body of God. Being separate and consecrated doesn't mean to isolate yourself. A lot of people think that that oh no, I 'm just isolating myself, but you are not getting anything done within the kingdom of God because you're isolating yourself. This. This uh, mentality is absolutely wrong. You cannot be by yourself in the Word of God, and that is not what separation and consecration mean. It means the time that you allow yourself to be isolated. And we'll talk about what isolation actually means because you're never alone. God is with you, especially when you're consecrating yourself. And it also doesn't mean to do it by yourself. You can grab a hold of somebody and start praying with them and giving them Bible studies over subjects, and that is consecrating yourself. That is putting time aside for yourself, that is separating yourself from what everyone else is doing and and fellowshipping with other people and moving through the Christian uh, kingdom of God and doing the works of the Lord. This is consecrating yourself to the work of the Lord. Separation does not mean to remove yourself from the populace. It means to do what the other people aren't doing through the will of God. That's what separation means. It means that I am different. I'm not here for this world. I'm not part of this world. No, so I'm not going to live by your mannerisms. I'm not going to live by your evil conduct. But I'm going to live the proper way. I'm going to live a holy and righteous lifestyle. And I'm going to show those people who are living in evil conduct, or maybe they just don't even know what they're doing, how to live for God. We know in us is the, the holy power to empower us in the way that we walk with God, the way we work for God, the way we witness to this world. Holiness also affects our attitudes, your acts, and your appearance. The very first thing that holiness will, will affect in your life, especially when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, is your mentality, the spirit within you, your attitude. Tell you what, when I first received the gift of the Holy Ghost, there were things in my life that I knew were wrong, and the Holy Ghost really just kind of impressed on me, like you shouldn't be doing that. You know, one of my greatest fears up here, having a uh, you know a mic in your hand, is like cussing <laughs> in the pulpit, because you know when you lived, when you lived in the the world before, I used to cuss like a sailor, and like this is terrifying, right? Like you're just going at it, and then like something might slip, and you just hope to God that it never does because it's, it's in your humanity, right? Um, there are still times where you know, I'll be working on something, my hand will slip, it'll bust open a knuckle, and it takes everything in me, right? Or something happens in life, you get, a, you get pulled over by a police officer, and all of a sudden you have a $200 ticket. It takes everything in you to say, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God, for correcting my speed limit. <laughs> The word holy appears 611 times in 544 verses. It can be found engraved in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Something that has never changed is the Holy One of Israel. He is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. He will forever be holy. In Leviticus, he told us not to walk in the manner of the nations. The people of the nations were sinful and committed sin. And God judged them. I am the Lord your God who has separated you from other people. There is no way that any Christian of any denomination can deny that God has called us out of darkness to be separated into His marvelous light. It doesn't matter who you are. If you believe in the Word of God, there is no way you can deny the idea of holiness. God is holy. The hard part I would say, would be, what is holiness? That would be the question. We have to dive into what is holiness. What does it mean to be holy? Because if we go by other denominations' ideas of what holiness is, we can, we, we can become confused real quick. There's a lot of information out there. So where does holiness start? How do I find holiness? We, um, <clears throat> you know, and it's something that has kind of evolved over the centuries, right? I, and we'll talk about dress, you know, I, men wore robes. Uh, I don't wear a robe. Uh, no man here wears a robe. Why? Because it's cultural. But I can still remain holy in dress. I can still remain, uh, I can still remain modest in dress. It doesn't, doesn't matter about the, co- the style of clothing as long as it's a modest approach. There is no way that a Christian can deny that God is holy. You will be holy unto me. I have cut you away from other people because you are mine. In the Old Testament, circumcision was the vow of separation from the world. In the New Testament, baptism is the the circumcision of the heart. It is the cutting away of the flesh, the cutting away of our old nature. Isaiah 57 one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in thy high and holy place. With him also, that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. God refers to his omnipotent power which is it is all powerful it is everything that is power it is the definition of power he is omnipotent powerful but the angels don't refer to god as powerful 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 he can say that we can say that he is omniscient right omniscient just means all knowing but the But the angels don't cry out in heaven, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant is He. He is omnipresent everywhere at the same time, in past and present. But but the angels do not speak of this. The only thing we see the angels crying out is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The, The whole earth is full of His glory. It's the only thing we see. He's all these great things, but the angels are programmed to say one thing, that He is holy. He is pure. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God Almighty. In Revelations, in each we we see each of the four living beings, the six wings about him, and they are full of eyes, and they rested not a day, and they sing in heaven, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, or God Almighty who was and is to come, for the Old Testament to the New Testament power was shown through the people who separated themselves. God is a holy God absolutely pure in His essence and moral perfection. Old Testament writers couldn't even write His name because of how holy it was. They did not feel worthy for the sinful hands of men to even write His name because of how powerful it was in the meaning, in the reverence, in the respect that they had for the name. But man has pulled down God we, and we take God's image and we shape it into our own image. When in reality we, are, we were shaped in His image and, and holiness making us becoming like God. And, and we see in the world today and in the religious world today and, and all, that we are tearing down the, the idea of what holiness is in God. And that's the first thing that typically happens to people. You know, when we we've all seen someone backslide, or you know, maybe you even backslid. It doesn't matter. You're in the church now. The very first thing that attacks you, Eliza, is holiness. The holiness standard. The very first thing that's let go is the holiness standard. Why is that? Because it feels good for a season, right? I'm just going to drop my holiness there. I've always wanted to wear something like that. I've always wanted to engage in that type of conduct. I've always kind of wondered what it was like. So the very first thing that gets destroyed in your life is the holiness conduct, the holiness in your life. Why? Because it's the protection that we have against this world. Being separate from this world is holiness, And when we walk out into the world and we're no longer living for God, we no longer live in that standard, and what begins to corrupt our heart is the ideas of the world, the corruption of the world. It begins to poison us because we no longer have the protection of holiness in our life. My standards begin to fall. He did not come to this earth to become like us, but to show us how to be separate. Jesus did not come to this earth to show us how to live within this world. He showed us how, to, how to, or, or to live like this world. He came here to show us how to live in this world and be separate and that you would be okay. That it's okay to live in this lifestyle that nothing can touch you as long as you are living according to the holiness code that is found within the Holy Ghost. It's found within the Word of God. It's found within the communication of the Lord. It is is found within history. That you will be okay as long as you're, you're living by the code of purity and morality and innocence and separation that I have written across your heart through the Holy Spirit, that I have written in the Word of God that has been placed in there 611 times. And if you live by this code then you will be protected. And the moment that you lose this code, you will fall to your sins and your humanity. There's no in-between. Either you have it or you don't. Either you have God's protection or you don't. We are to be holy as He is holy. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. I am the Lord your God. God calls us to be separated. You are chosen and God did not make a mistake in choosing you. He chose you to live this lifestyle. He chose you to take on the Christian attitude. He found you and brought you out of darkness and into His marvelous light to bring you into holiness, to bring you into righteousness. Deuteronomy 7 and 6 Before I go there, it's a powerful thing to be chosen and to be picked in order to carry the responsibility of God's holiness. It is no small feat. It is a great responsibility. It is the greatest responsibility. We can't take it for granted. We must... Take it wholeheartedly and and work for the kingdom of God and not waver at the things of this world, but take on the things of this world head on with the power that has been given to us. Deuteronomy 7 and 6, For thou art a holy people unto... The Lord thy God, the the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto him above all people that are upon the face of the earth. When When we were called out of darkness, he made us above not to be godly or elitist, not to be condescending in attitude, but to be a peculiar people, a special people, a humble people, a people that walk in humility people that understand the, the value of servanthood and, and trying to win the souls and the lost that want to be won. Deuteronomy 14, chosen to be a peculiar people, to be set apart, to be above the, the, above the people of, of the earth, being that we are, that we are not of this place, but we are of a heavenly place. But while I am here, I'm going to try and bring heaven here the best that I possibly can. And what is the only thing that I know about heaven? That we are going to be holy in his presence. That we are going to be singing in front of him. That we will be worshiping him. And I just want to bring a little bit of heaven to this place, to this earth, in order to, in order to show people that there is a better way to live my life. That there is a God who saved me. That there is a God who showed me how to live when He had His earthly ministry. He came here and showed me how to live in this world that I can defeat the sins of my life, that I can defeat the sins of this world, the curses that have been placed in this world, the demons and the devils that are here on this world influencing us. That I can defeat it by the power that is found within me through the Holy Ghost. I can't do it on my own, Lord knows that. I wouldn't need to be saved if I could do it on my own. And when I wasn't saved, I was definitely living for Satan. I was definitely living for that evil uh, serpent. And the only thing that could ever pull me out of his grasp would be the Holy Spirit, God's saving grace, Learning about Jesus Christ and how He shed His blood, His holy and pure and innocent blood. It was the only thing that could save me would be the power of Jesus' blood. Being baptized in His name, the remission of sin in my life, the stains being removed, and receiving His Holy Spirit, it was the only thing that had the power to remove me from this world. And it doesn't just stop there. Beginning to learn His Word. Beginning to get on my knees and praying, how do I become like You? What do I need to do, Lord, in order to separate myself from this world? What do I need to change, God? My ears are open. My heart is open. Change me. I submit myself to you. I remove my pride. I remove my anger. I remove my hatred. Strip me away, Lord. To what you want. And mold me. And shape me. Into your image. Into your purpose. I want to serve you. First Peter 1:13 through 16 therefore prepare your minds for action prepare your minds for action it's, is that the right verse it's not yeah prepare your minds for action And being sober-minded, sober-minded means to not have any impurities within your, within your intelligence, within your mind, within your, within your. your, You're clear. You're thinking clearly. Be sober-minded. Set your hopeful on grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient. Children, do not be conformed to the passions of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. You want to start living a holy lifestyle, prepare your minds for action. And don't just think that it's going to come to you. You have to act upon it. It is not something that is, that is static. It is something that is progressive in your life. It will continue to grow. It'll, if you, the more you seek after it, the more you sacrifice in your life, the, the more holiness that God will give you through His grace. The more separation you have in your life from this world, all of a sudden the different level that God will take you to. The key to, to holiness is a simple word. Obedience. Obeying what has been given to you, what has been told to you, what has been shown to you, what has been taught to you through the Word and the Holy Spirit. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. What was the passion of my former ignorance? I was drinking. It was. Going out partying, it was lust. It was the the fruit of the the flesh. It was going out and being selfish and and doing things that I wanted to do selfishly in order so that I could get ahead instead of allowing God to promote and demote me. It is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. We can't live this life because we are a chosen race, or a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Holiness is an honor. Not to be despised, but to be respected to bring the blessings of God and the power of God in our life. There's too many times, and especially I find this with the young generation, that they have some standards that they have to live up to, and they begin to despise it. They begin to hate the idea of wearing certain things, of acting certain ways when their friends are doing something different. And they despise the code that God has given them, and your parents try to teach them. A lot of times it's a phase. Everybody goes through it. I went through it. I went through it at an older age because I didn't get saved until I was older. I was like, why why do women have to wear these certain things and why do men have to wear these certain, I live in Florida, I do not want to wear pants. Dear Lord, you just cook all day. I was out at the football fields yesterday. I'm a paramedic out there and I'm out there in pants. I looked around. Nobody else is out there in pants, do you know why? Because it was 150 degrees outside. So I I question what I'm doing because it's insane. And God simply came down, he's like, your thoughts are not my thoughts, your ways are not my ways, obey me. Submit yourself to me and I will reward you openly. I will reward you. I will lift you up. I don't know why he has some of these rules that we have or that he has. I'm not too sure, but I know that he's a whole lot smarter than I am. I know that he shaped me and created me. I know that that he holds all power. He, he, he's the one who who saved my soul and, and that I'm hoping to, to make it to heaven and, and I, I know that. So whatever he commands of me, then I'm probably going to have to follow that and do it with a, with a cheerful heart. And there have been some things in my life and situations in my life that I didn't want to take with a cheerful heart because my pride would rise up in me because human pride is not a holy thing. It is a wretched and disgusting thing. Our human pride is, is something that, that tears down holiness because we think we're better than the laws of God that He has constructed around us, and we want to tear them down brick by brick, and our arrogance, especially the arrogance of man, because men, we can be arrogant. We uh we allow it to tear down what God has built up in our lives through the power of holiness. We see that holiness within relationship, within your friendships and your relationships, that, it, that it's important. We see the idea of what it means to be unequally yoked. We have the, the imagery of an oxen and a donkey who are powerful on their own. They're great farmer tools. It's what the farmers use to to plow their fields and to to help with their crops. But if you yoke them together, they hate one another. There's actually a video on YouTube that you can watch of them yoked together and what they actually do. Really, the oxen just drags around the donkey and the donkey starts kicking the ox. It's it's actually kind of comical. But it's because they're unequally yoked. And that relationships that we have with our friends, that they should have holiness with the boundary and the center point and the focus in mind. Because if I'm yoked with a... With a if I'm an ox and they're a donkey, then we're not going to have the greatest time. And obviously one of them represents the world. If I'm, if I'm linked up with this world... In a bad way, the world is going to begin to seep into my life. It's going to begin to influence my life. It's going to begin to give me bad habits and conduct, especially if I'm not attached to the power of God. If I'm not attached to to the holiness lifestyle that, that God has given me. And this person is living a disconnected life from God, and they're doing something completely different, and I'm spending all of my time with this person, and you don't think that person is going to influence you. Wrong. You become the people that you hang out with. Your company is who you become. It's okay to go hang out with them. It's okay to go out there and be their friend and be there for them. But it's not okay to start letting them influence you. It's not okay to start picking up bad habits. It's not okay to to go to places that you know that you're not supposed to be because it's a place where a Christian isn't supposed to be. Your friend can go there all he wants. He doesn't have the standards or the holiness code that has been engraved in you. What should be happening in that person's life is that you should be influencing them. You should be telling them about your testimony, how God saved you, and what you used to do. Because odds are it's exactly what they did. We should be telling them the power of God and how he reached down into my life. And I don't drink anymore. I don't do that stupid stuff anymore. I don't, I don't put myself at risk for drunk driving. I don't put myself at risk for, for alcohol poisoning. I don't put myself at risk for drug overdose. I don't put myself at risk because God saved me from that, that madness. He put, he put love in my heart. He put, he put a sober mind in my heart. He prepared me for, for action into this world. And you don't have to live your life that way. What has it gained you? And that's holiness and separation beginning to speak out against the unequally yoked relationship. And you know, one day, because I'll tell you what, it happened in my life. One day in that relationship, we might have been unequally yoked. And my friend Sean, who who brought me into the church and, you know, who knew 10 years, probably longer than that, 10 years later I'd be here speaking about it. We are now equally yoked in our relationship and our friendship. We, We talk about godly things. We sharpen each other's minds. We we bounce ideas off of each other. But guess what? When we first got into that relationship, his holiness was a barrier for me because he wouldn't do the things that I would go do. He wouldn't go go in a, he wouldn't talk the way that I talk. No matter how much I tried to influence him, because trust me, I tried to influence him. Sorry, Sister Dooley, <laughs> I did. I, I tried to the best that I could. But he was stubborn. Why? Because he obeyed. He had a code that was built into him. He had something that was greater than what this world ever had to give. And through his holiness, through his conduct, through his attitude and his persistence in trying to win me, he won me. He won me. And I wouldn't be here in front of you today if it wasn't for The code that he had, the the holiness lifestyle that he had. He never wavered. He never faltered one time. Now I would make him mad and angry and all that stuff, but he would never cuss. He would never get angry beyond some sort of sinful rage. He would just be calm and collect and just talk with me through my problems and spend time with me. And his attitude, his integrity, and his character never changed because he was grounded in holiness and righteousness and the conduct of the Lord. So, if we could all stand. Just put holiness on your mind. Instantly, when I put holiness in my mind, It brings up the things that I need to move out of my life. I think about God. I think about his purity. I think about his innocence. I think about his morality. And I I think about my morality. And I think about my attitude. And I think about my character. And there are things in my heart that I need to get out of my life in order for holiness to replace it and righteousness to replace it. There's pettiness in my life. There's vengeance in my life. There's a a gossip's heart in my life. I tell too many of other people's personal business that I shouldn't have any business telling. I have an arrogant heart Let's just throw these things up into the Lord right now. Mighty God, I want to be like You. Humble me, Lord. I want Your holiness to shine out of my life into this world of darkness, Lord. I don't want my attitude, Lord, to to shape anyone's thoughts about me unless it is a Christian thought. Mighty God, Create my character, Lord. Have me rid myself of fleshly fruits, Lord. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be mean, Lord. I don't want to be petty. I don't want to be arrogant, Lord. Almighty God, remove the darkness that is in my heart and replace it with your light. I want a pure heart, Lord. Wash me away. Oh God, as we seek after your holiness. As we seek after your face. Oh, we love you, Lord. We praise you and we exalt you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.